0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled, multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at
1: revivallife.church.
2: Duke scared me there for a second with the offering. I've got to be honest with you. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, and let me explain why. You can keep talking. I'm, 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 I'm gonna talk. You talk. I'm not preaching yet, so you can just continue to greet one another. I'm okay with that. Can we, can we get on the house lights there, uh, light people? Um, uh, I, I, I have. If if you ever grew up in a church that abused the offering, um, it's kind of like you know a kid who gets uh, raised in an abusive home, and then a man raises his hand and you, like you just know to wince, and. Um, the the idea, like when uh, Duke was talking about the offering, he was talking about John three sixteen for the for the Father gave, and then he said, "What's it worth for you?" And I was like, "Oh God, please don't tie the amount of money that you put in the bucket to how much you view Jesus, because they're just we don't have enough money for that, right?" Okay, can you get, Would you agree with me? Like I I can't liquidate enough to make salvation like it. And so I, 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 get, I get scared around um, the offering sometimes. I'm like, I, I don't want to be that guy. Um, we, pay, we pay bills with the offering, and there's a spiritual component to it. You, we, we get that, right? Yeah, there's a spiritual component to it. And um, can you turn me down one touch, uh, Valentino, because I feel like I'm going to start yelling, and I'm going to reverb myself out of the room. <clears throat> I, there, you know, there, and, and, and this is Christianity. Christianity, um, it, it, it's not a philosophy. And it's not just what we do. There's a physical and a spiritual component to Christianity. There's both. Uh, You can't say that you love God and hate your enemy. Right? The the Bible also tells us that if if you don't help out a thirsty person, uh, you've not given Jesus a cup of water. Which I I find it interesting, the laws that just are getting passed around our country right now, uh, have you have you seen the one where they don't want you to give people in in in, in line to vote water? Have, have you have you seen this? this? And here's what's funny about this: um, the Bible calls that sin, and Jesus literally said, "If you see a, a thirsty person and you don't give them water, you've neglected me." And uh, I'll go to jail. I'm not neglecting Jesus. Uh, I, I th- their jail is temporary. Jesus' relationship is forever, and so we've re- we've um, kind of completely removed. The spiritual and the natural aspect uh, of, of 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 our salvation—it's both. It's not either or. It's not if I do the right stuff, then God does the right stuff. Because there's an aspect that He's just the right stuff, and there's nothing we can do to add to it. You're gonna have to help me out here a little bit, a little call and response today. We like we we like He He is like He absolutely needs nothing from us. And yet and still, he expects us to act some kind of way, right? He expects us to behave like we're actually saved. He, 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 he expects us to actually do things, and the scriptures actually say that based on what we do is how he's going to judge us. Now, that is paradoxical, because he did it all, and yet he's going to judge us by what we do. How do you, how do you figure that out? How do, you, how do you balance that? The answer, of course, is you better know him. You, you, you better know Jesus. You, you better not just know about Jesus. You better actually know Jesus. My glasses are so fogged up at the moment. They are so dirty that if I try to look through them, I, it looks like there's a glory cloud in the room. And, uh, oh, Cor- see, Corey's the man. I got this little squirt stuff right there on my desk. See, Corey's a friend indeed. Corey is a friend indeed. Listen. Um, I I think I have a message on here. We may never know. So we're, we're we're celebrating Good Friday today, and um, you know, when I grew up, I don't know how you grew up. I don't maybe if you were fortunate enough to grow up a Christ follower, you know, I'm I'm a little jealous. Um, I grew up religious and heathen, so I was a religious heathen, right? Uh, and so there was Good Friday, and I understood the cross, I understood what it was, but I didn't really get it. Does that make sense? Like I didn't I didn't I didn't really. Get it? Like at the end of this song, when she was singing "Thank You for the Cross," the more she sang it, the more I got it. Even again, right? Like uh, the more, the more I, the more I got it. And uh, you know, when I grew up, I, I, I believed I was a Christian uh, because I would heard the gospel. Uh, I don't know that I'd ever received Christ as my Savior as a child, uh, but because I was religious, I was right with God. I because I had a label, should I say? Because I had a label, I was right with God. Um, and um, even though I was living quite wicked. And uh, I believed uh, that one day I would go to heaven, and God would be so proud of me. This because of how I just knew that I was saved. Um, and um, and are, are, are they? Thank you, Corey. I can see out of these. Praise there, there's a message here. Praise the Lamb, Corey Pagano. Everybody. <laughs> and 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 when I got saved, uh, I met Jesus. Right. I met Jesus and I knew that when I met him, something had happened internally. I didn't just, I didn't just um, learn something new. I, I didn't just meet somebody who I thought could open doors for me, right? Like you meet somebody famous or somebody in your field or if you want a job in a certain industry and you meet somebody, you think one day they can. I didn't meet Jesus and think one day he could do something for me. I met Jesus and I knew things were now different, right? Now that I knew him, things were different instantly, instantly. I knew they were different. And after I met him, uh, Jesus, and I knew things were different, I I began to be a disciple. And I'm going to talk to you tonight, and I had intended to talk to you uh, this way. I had figured um, uh, in the life of Revival Life Church, you know, um, we as a church decided uh, that we're going to take coronavirus seriously. Uh, we were going to take it more seriously uh, than the people dismissing it. Uh, we were going to take it, um, as leaders, we were going to handle coronavirus like, uh, this is what we decided. I know this is not what everybody decided. We decided that we were not going to act like we're healthcare professionals, and we were just going to take the safest approach possible. And so if people said, well, you know, people can't really, whatever, we're like, is it possible? I'm like, well, yeah, it's possible. That's enough for me, right? I'm, I'm, if, it, if, if, if I could cause anybody to die by coming to this church, I'm going to prevent that, right? Like, that's, that, that's my goal, right? Like, if somebody had dumped some arsenic in the corner over here, and they said, you know, if 150 people show up, it's, it's highly unlikely more than three or four would die from it. I'd be like, well, not opening, right? Like, we're just, we're, we're, we're not opening. And if they say, well, three or four people might get sick, but, you know, most of the people are going to be fine. Not opening, right? If they said, chances are nobody's going to be hurt from that arsenic. But keep them away from the corner. Not opening, right, Till the, til the room is safe. So uh, lots of people, um, they were able to keep their stuff going and their business and their political career, whatever, uh, by denying reality. And uh, we said, you know what, I believe that if we do what, what, what is the right thing, in the long run, the Lord is going to reward us. And if we don't get a reward on this side of heaven, on the other side, we will. Right? Because the other side is real to me. Uh, amen. And I, I'm not, amen. I'm, I'm not, um, I, I didn't get coronavirus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, uh, and I don't, and I just, I believe for the most part, people who got it, it's just a, just a roll of the dice. Right? Um, but as I'm talking to people who are committed to Christ, committed to the, the church of Jesus Christ, um. We, we knew that that was going to cost our church. Like, there was a price we were going to pay for that. Um, a, a, a sacrifice is not a, it, it's not a sacrifice if it doesn't cost you anything. Sacrifices have to cost something. Offerings may or may not cost you anything. Right? So, like, if you have 12 steaks and you give three of them away, you've still got nine steaks and you can't eat 12. It's an offering, but it's not really a sacrifice. Right? Now, if I got one steak, and I give it to you, that's a sacrifice. Uh, unless you're Cory and you don't eat meat. And then it's just like, hey, I get to bless somebody. It doesn't cost me anything, except for the price of the steak, right? So, um, Linda Allard, if you're watching, she bought me a bunch of steaks, and I'm thankful for that. Honey, I'm going to give you my wallet, because it's still in my pocket. Hey, oh, she, she will, it's an offering right there. It's not a sacrifice, though, I tell you what. Um, follow me for a second. We knew the price of following God in this season was going to cost us people who wanted us to act like um, we should know better than doctors. Um, and uh, we decided we're just following Jesus. We're, we're going to lay down what makes sense in the, in the carnal sense, financial sense, uh, to follow God in what he calls righteousness. Jesus was a sacrifice to the Father because it cost him something. And we said, we, we, it's going to cost us something, but, but we're going to do it. We got together as leaders, we prayed, and we said, we, we just, we just got to do it. And so we knew when we opened back up, uh, we were going to spread this place out and it's going to look like you know, our church only seats five people and uh, people are going to be like, what is this? You know? And we're like, well, we think this is safe. And until someone tells us differently, this is, wh- this is what we're doing because we as leaders have to answer to Jesus one day about how we conducted ourselves in this. And, and I don't care if you got 40 billion people saved in this season. If you were reckless and you did it out of fear and you, and you stayed open out of selfish ambition, I don't care what Jesus did in the midst of it. You have to answer for what you do. Uh, and, so, and so we decided, you know, if, you know if, it, if it shuts down, I'll have church in my backyard if that's what I have to do. Um, and so we knew that uh, in the midst of this, there would be a, a season of rebuilding the church. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to be rebuilt right now on several levels. Um, the church of Jesus has to, has to rebuild what it means uh, to, to, to care about your brother, whether or not they have the same skin color as you. Uh, the church needs to rebuild what it means to speak a prophecy wrong and what you do about that. And the church needs to rebuild what it means, what Sunday morning means, right? And, and the value of it. And a Revival Life Church, we're, we're, you know, we're in a rebuilding phase, and we're okay with that because we feel like we're rebuilding out of righteousness. We're, 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 we're absolutely okay with that. And uh, as, as I was thinking about um, Good Friday tonight, um, I said, you know, chances are I'm going to have people in the house. The house is going to be filled with people who have a call of God on their life on some level. That, that's who's going to be At Revival Life Church on Friday night uh, this week. I don't know why I felt that, but I just felt like the Lord told me: prepare this like you're talking to folks who know Him, uh, and and, and so they can fully understand what they have in Him. All right? So we're going to dig into the Word really quick. Are you guys all right? Is anybody not saved that needs to get saved in the room so you can understand this message? I feel like most of the people here are saved. Um, If you're online, we love you. There's a lot of outreaches happening this weekend and a lot of churches, and I'm, and I'm praying for them all to be blessed. And on Sunday, man, I got a good word. I mean, I am. I hope, I hope visitors come, but my, uh, my message, first and foremost, is going to be for the church. I mean, I got a good practical word I think is going to help a lot of people. Um, uh, I think it's really going to help a lot of people, especially in the old cranium that is a little foggy these days. Um, uh, but my goal in this season is to get the church healthy again. That I mean, like amen? Like You're not helping people if we drag the world into the church and the church is no healthier than the world. Mm-hmm. Because then we're telling the church and the people are like this is all you got. You got the same issues we got. You don't you you couldn't even get the coronavirus right? You couldn't like when all the doctors were in agreement, you still couldn't even. You couldn't hear that? Um like you like you you don't you couldn't understand that people getting shot in the back is bad, like you haven't you don't have anything to say about that, like the church is sick, and we need to rebuild the church as a whole. This is us this is we are part of this church. We have our own issues, praise God, um not those though. Hallelujah. So as we read the book of Luke, Luke has um basically three parts uh, when you read it, you probably know this there's um you know there's up until verse nine, and up until verse nine, it kind of introduces us to Jesus. Uh, Luke paints a picture of uh, that Christ is not like you. Uh, he's not like John. A lot of interesting uh, things that are painted in, John, in Luke that aren't in other Gospels. Uh, it's really Luke's goal, as he writes this, um, this book, to point out that he didn't get the anointing from John the Baptist. He didn't get the anointing from Mary. He didn't get the anointing from his friends. He wasn't just a good teacher. This was God in the flesh walking the earth. And so as you read Luke, you start recognizing, okay, the Holy Spirit was there upon him, but not because he got the Holy Spirit, but because he was God, right? He was the man, Jesus Christ, walking the earth as God in the flesh, right? And so um, we see through verse 9, uh, he does all this kind of ministry, and starting in verse uh, 10, he, um, there's, there's a shift in his ministry. And in, his, um, in, and in this shift in his ministry, he says that I have to go... To Jerusalem, I got to go to Jerusalem. This is the mission of my life, and uh, all through uh, chapter nineteen, uh, all you read about in Luke is this journey that Jesus is taking from Bethany, which is all up in the north of Israel, down to Jerusalem. Jesus was on mission. He was a man who knew he was called to, and he was singularly focused on getting to Jerusalem. Now, on the way, he had these side missions, like we talked about uh, last week. Right. And he did these things and he uh, developed some truths and and uh, he, he explained some stuff and he commissioned some people and he demonstrated the kingdom. But uh, starting around uh, verse 19 and he, uh, excuse me, chapter 19, he uh, begins to enter into uh, uh, Jerusalem and we know that he's entering in Jerusalem as he keeps telling his disciples who do not get it. I got to go suffer and die. Right. Like he keeps telling them. Uh, we're going to go to Jerusalem, and they're like, "Don't the people who hate you in Jerusalem?" And they're thinking like, "How are you going to get away from the people who hate you?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to Jerusalem to suffer and die, right? Like this is like he wasn't ignorant of what was to come, and yet he still went into it. He knew this was going to cost him something, yet he kept journeying to Jerusalem. And of course, he came in on that first day, uh, and uh, you can just uh, you, there's a there's a certain spot in the city of David. Uh, the city of David is uh, just on the eastern side of the old city of Jerusalem and and there's the the Kidron Valley or the the, the valley of which they called was the shadow of death cuz it gets you know where where the great final battle is supposed to be supposedly you're you're looking over this this valley and you have like uh the Mount of Olives over here and there's a valley and you look look over here and there's the temple like you just you just stand in the city of David and you just you could see the entire journey of the last days of Jesus like not like a picture but like The man Jesus went right, like he was there, right. And then he went there, and then he went here, and then went up, and that's the door he went through, the gate right there, right. Like it's not you don't have to you don't have to make it up in your mind. It takes no picture. Like oh, right there, right. Like there's a there's a big hole in the wall uh, in in the uh, west in the eastern wall of the temple that is completely covered in bricks. and that is the door, that is the, they call it the gate, they had these big holes in the wall, the gates in the wall that you would get into uh, the temple complex, and they all have significance, you got the sheep gate, and that, you know, the dung gate, there's all these different gates they called it, and there's the, uh, the, the eastern gate, and the eastern gate, all through scripture, is where the Messiah would enter in through, uh, and that is the gate that Jesus rode the donkey into, what we consider, uh, you know, uh, Palm Sunday, as he rode The donkey, the donkey, of course, being the animal of peace. The horse is the animal of war. Jesus rode this donkey into Jerusalem as people are screaming out, Hosanna in the highest, right? Literally, Hosanna, you are salvation. You are the ultimate salvation. Even though they didn't recognize, they're yelling salvation. Salvation has come to Israel, right? They they had no clue this was actually God in the flesh, though. And so he rides through this eastern gate. And uh, a side note, you can go to that gate today, but you can't walk through it. Because after the Turkish took over Jerusalem, they knew the Messiah had to ride through that wall, and they covered it in brick. They covered it in brick, they completely closed it off, and then they buried all their dead in front of it because they knew the Messiah could not walk on a grave, and he could not uh, enter through that gate if they had it blocked off. Two things, three things they didn't realize The Messiah already went through the gate. A little late on that one, right? Like he already, it already happened. It already happened, number one. And number two, Jesus will never walk on a dead grave. Hello, Hello, right? Because when Jesus shows up, they're all coming alive, right? Like it's not possible for him. And and I don't know if they knew, if they read the end of the book, but he can walk through walls, right? Like like build a stone. Like Can you build a stone big enough uh, that God can't lift? Well, I don't know if God, I know man can't. Right? Because they tried it in the grave. They tried it with the closed door. It's just not possible. Right? So he walks through walls. He raises the dead. None of those things are challenges uh, for the real Messiah. And so we see on that Palm Sunday, they call it the triumphal entry. And, and, and when we think in the natural, a triumphal entry, uh, we think of um, the Americans walking down the, how do you say, the champs whatever in, in Paris with the huge thing on the, on the with the big arch, the triumphal arch, and, you know, I have now conquered. Look at our might and power. Uh, or or, or, or you, you think about, you know, Hitler as he would ride into a new country showing them how powerful he is. Or North Korea, they have these huge, uh, these huge parades of all their weaponry. And, and the triumphal entry of our king was on the back of a donkey uh, when none of the authorities knew that they, their power was already gone. They, they, they didn't know it yet. Uh, he hadn't killed anybody, hadn't destroyed anything in the natural uh, but the king had now come into Israel, right? They didn't even know it. The king had now come into Israel. Much like how, how um, Saul had no idea that he was no longer king after David was anointed. No clue. He Called himself king, had a crown, lived in the house, everything except... He didn't have the job anymore, right? David had been anointed. And so we know that David is this type of Jesus who, who, you know, who, who didn't, people thought he was lowly or wasn't going to be the man because he was just in the, from the wrong town or the wrong side of the tracks. And here he is, not riding, a, don, not riding a, a, a horse, not with a big army. Here he is riding a donkey into Jerusalem with the palm fronds underneath him. We know that Monday is when he cleaned the temple. I find it interesting, uh, the, 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 the ultimate sacrifice wanted a holy temple to be sacrificed in. He's like, before, before this sacrifice is acceptable, we're going to clean the house a little bit, because th- this sacrifice won't be profaned. Right? So the sacrifice entered into the temple and cleaned it himself. He's like, if y'all ain't going to do this, I'll do this myself. <laughs> Cleared out the money changers on that, they call a. Uh, on that Monday and uh, Tuesday, he was up in the Mount of Olives. Maori Thursday was the Passover. And on the Passover, of course, he had this meal with his disciples. Uh, it was the final meal that he would have this side of the cross with them. Now, there were two um, two festivals that were supposed to happen around that time. There was a Passover and there was a Feast of Unleavened Bread. But since people had already journeyed to Jerusalem, they tended to celebrate them at the same time. They kind of mashed them together as one, sacri- as one festival, one feast, because they were already there in Jerusalem. They didn't want to travel again. And so there they were. Jesus, of course, kept the Passover, but this Passover was going to be different than other Passover meals. Um, it, it, it's customary um, to have the, the Shabbat dinner, the, the, the Sabbath dinner with your family. And uh, in, in Jewish tradition, to this day, there is, there is a ceremony to this dinner that you have with your family on Friday night. Uh, there's things that you say, in every single week, even to this day, every Shabbat dinner, uh, the father of the house lays his hands on his children and prays a blessing over them. Uh, on all their daughters, they pray that, that they would be like Sarah, and on their sons, they would pray they'd be like David. And they would declare this, this, this prophetic destiny over their children every single week, their entire lives. That would do something to you, I would think. Yeah. That would do something, I would think, in your head. If you had the leading male in your life affirming you every single week. Right? And so they have this, this, this meal is a, is a big deal. And of course, this was on a Thursday Um, And so the Sabbath would be extended for um, high holy days. And so at this Passover meal, um, they're sitting around the table and literally uh, you sit at the table here. It's not uh, you don't have chairs. You sit on the ground. They're kind of low. Um, I'll teach about this some other time. Uh, But they have they have this this Passover meal. And this this meal was um, partially uh, ceremony, partial ritual, impartial ritual. We're just together having a meal, thanking the Lord of what He had done. Thanks, th- thankfulness was a, was a was a huge part of this meal. We we look in um we look in the scriptures here in Luke chapter uh, 22. I'm gonna kind of um I'm gonna jump around a little bit. If you're online, I hope you're hope you're having a good time. I hope you have your communion supplies ready. I forgot we were supposed to tell you that in the announcements. Uh, now might be a good time to go get them. Just get something to eat, something to drink. Uh, and we're going to share the table of the Lord together. And so Jesus says this. He starts off uh, the meal. Um, he, they, they prepared the Passover. Uh, they get together, and in verse uh, 15, they're around the table and he says this, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I want to recalibrate our vision as Christians, and I hope not to take too long on this. Uh, I want to recalibrate how we view this story, um, this ceremony, this ritual, because it's not native to us. And and as um, non-Jews, we view this through a Greek lens. We view this through a lens other than how the writer understood it, how the people who were in it understood it, and how God intended it, right? So it's important that we get what God is trying to speak instead of making up our own meanings to it, right? And so Jesus says, how I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And if you're an average American, the word that stands out to you there is suffer. That sentence is about suffering. In this culture, you start the meal off with thanksgiving and appreciation for the people around you. And so they begin the meal talking about Here's Jesus. The man Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm so glad I get to have this meal here with you. My heart is full because in this occasion when we celebrate our God who has protected our people and given us this identity, brought us together in unity as a rabbi and his disciples, here we are in Jerusalem having the meal together. Bad things have not happened. We're here. There's no suffering. And so we get to carve out this time together right here around this table. And for that, I'm glad. Th- th- see, that, it's a different mindset to what's happening here. There isn't this dark pail hanging over the meal. There isn't this brooding music playing in the background. With low-swept cameras, you know, coming upon faces suffer. Right? This isn't what's happening. This isn't what happened. There's, there, there's a man with his friends yeah. breaking bread, yeah. and so then he says he's thankful again. In the next verse, he says he says, "For I say to you, I shall never eat it again until um, it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God." And so we say, "Oh, he's prophesying his own death." But another thing that was common in this culture. And with these kinds of meals, is they would they would declare a type of fast. They, and they would say things like, you know, we're hanging out together and uh, we're we're having a good time fishing. And it's such a good time. Oh, I'm never gonna fish again until we get together like this. Well, you're gonna fish again. Of course, you're gonna fish again. But it's not really fishing unless we're together doing it like this. And so Jesus, said, yeah, you're you're gonna eat again. But it's it, if we're not all together. Does it even count, yeah. right? He's affirming their friendship. He's affirming their love. He's saying, "Man, I why even bother? What could what what could take away from what we're experiencing right now, right?" And so, so he he's 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 he's, he's uh, expressing this thankfulness. He's connected to his disciples, and as we read this story, um, it's almost like we think that. The man Jesus is withdrawing and he's somehow operating on holy fumes. You know, like the anointing is carrying him through this week. And he's let, like, as we read this, because the story in Scripture, as we've talked about, um, it, it goes kind of slow at his birth. And then it really speeds up. And it goes quickly through kind of his ministry years. And then the last couple weeks, one week, last three days, the last couple hours of his life, it gets, the story gets slower and slower and slower because the events become more and more and more important. But they're living at the same speed. Right? Life is still happening. He's still connected to his disciples. They're celebrating the day that God saved all of their people from the horrible, horrible Pharaoh who wanted to murder them all. And so they're celebrating. He's like, this is so good, I'm not even going to do this again until I'm with you. Now we know, prophetically, there's more to this than the disciples knew. He said, I I shall never eat of it again until until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And they're like, here, here, we all can't wait for the kingdom of God. Because at the end of the Passover meal, the very last thing you say is, together again in Jerusalem. Meaning, next year, the kingdom of God will be over Israel. And we'll all be together really celebrating the Passover of all Passovers. See, and so this is what he's saying, until the kingdom of God. And they're all like, yeah, we're going to do this together in the kingdom of God. Absolutely. But Jesus knew there actually was more to this. As we hear this story, you know, they, they, they're eating this bread and Historically, in the Passover meal, the bread symbolized the bread of affliction uh, that they had in Egypt uh, and, 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 and this bread that they had to eat symbolized their suffering now again, they put the two meals together the the feast of the Passover and the Feast of the unleavened bread and so they had this unleavened bread and what, the first thing I really want to point out to you is is, is, is what I call the the the, the three meals of, of Passover, the three meals of communion. there's the three men of Jesus that are here. It's the three course Passover meal. all right? Follow me with this. you, you know Jesus was there as God, but he wasn't there just as God. There was the man Jesus. There was Jesus the man. Jesus, the man he, he, he Jesus the man was there with his friends, and I like, to think, I like to think of Jesus as a man's man. Like, he knew where the fish was, so he, I know he's Corey's kind of man. They would fish all day, and not know where any fish were. Anybody you fish with like that, Corey? They fish all day, they don't catch anything, and you just say, just try this, and then they catch fish. Like, you can, can you identify with that aspect of Jesus? I cannot. I can't, I, can't, I can't identify with that aspect of Jesus. I feel like in other places, other ways, other manifestations, but Jesus was a dude. Uh, apparently, he wasn't just a, um, a dude of his age because the women f- felt super comfortable around him. Uh, so we know he was more than just a, what we would consider to be a man's man. Apparently, to be a man's man means that women feel empowered around you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's, There's an aspect to being a real man that you're not intimidated by strong women. Right? And so we understand. That he's like huge, and So when I think of the man Jesus, what would the man Jesus have been like? I think, man, I, I, that, that'd be somebody I'd like to be around. That's not, not just for, you know, lay hands on me so I can raise the dead. You know, And I wouldn't mind that aspect of Jesus. Uh, raise, lay hands on me and cast the devil out of me. You know, I, I wouldn't mind that aspect of Jesus either. But just the man Jesus who lived according to his ethics, who lived according to his morals, who lived according to his word. His words were life. His words were spirit. His words were truth. And he lived according to what he said. Um, I would love to know the man Jesus. But the man Jesus was here fellowshipping with his friends and the man Jesus was going to die on a cross soon. The man Jesus was going to be whipped and beaten. The man Jesus was going to have his reputation destroyed publicly. The man Jesus was going to be embarrassed in front of the people who love him. The man Jesus was going to see his friends suffer as he suffered. Because there's no way you could be a friend of somebody and watch them be tortured and it not torture you. It, you know, that's not possible. And so he knew, he knew that his, his, his disciples, his friends, uh, the women that he was friends with, he knew that they were about to suffer as well. Maybe not physically, but I cannot imagine if it were me, the PTSD I would have to live with after watching my friend get beat all day long. All, right? Like this is a man with real friends that he really cared about. And the man Jesus suffered for a reason. Romans 5.10, For if while we were his enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. This is the man who was sitting around a table Having a last meal. I don't know what I would do if I had 24 hours to die. What, what, what would you do? If you had 24 hours to die, what would be on your list of things? Like if you knew it's by sundown tomorrow, you're going to be dead. And you're going to spend a good portion of tomorrow getting beat down. Right? You're going to get whipped and dragged all over town, and you are going to be physically attached to a piece of wood with nails. Right? Like, let's, I'm not trying to be gory, and I'm not, I'm not, trying to, I'm not going for shock here. But it's like, okay, I'm gonna to die tomorrow, and a good part of tomorrow is already taken with my suffering. You know, what would you do in those final hours? And here's the man Jesus. What, what would you do? And he decides I know what I'll do. I'll have an amazing meal with my friends and then I'll wash their feet. I'm wrecked thinking about that. That that's the man Jesus. That's not God Jesus. Right? That's not super spiritual. Anointing came upon Jesus, and he's you know washed feet you know spiritually to symbolize something else. Now this is a man who chose to show his friends how much he loved them and serve them as the least of these. That that's, that's the man Jesus. And I, and I tell you, friend, if you're watching today, that man alone is worth following. That that is a man worth following. Even if he were not God, that would be a man. Worth following.
1: <clears throat>
2: That's the man I want to be like. That's the man I want to be like. <clears throat> but Jesus, Jesus the man wasn't the only, wasn't the only person there. There was Jesus the miracle worker. Jesus the miracle worker was there at the same time. Now, Jesus the miracle worker didn't have to go to the cross. Jesus the miracle worker could have called angels. And flatten the entire town, right? I mean, if he spoke the world into existence, goes the reason he could have spoke the world out of existence, right? He could have done, he could have pulled a holy reset, right? Like he could have just hit the reset button. Like, you ever get so frustrated with the computer you just turn it off? I don't mean shut it down. I don't mean like go through the steps. I mean just hold the power button until it stops working. Like you know what I'm saying? Like. I'm not sure he's going to turn it off that way. It's that or through the window, right? Like it's that that's all it's getting today. Jesus could have hit the reset button at any at any moment. I and mean, like, bump all these people. Why am I wasting my time with them? I have other things I could be doing, you know. Jesus the watch this. This is this is watch this. Luke chapter twenty-two, verse 28. Look at this. <clears throat> so let me let me give you context on this. This is amazing. So he he shares his communion with his friends. And then he finds out someone's going to betray him in the midst of it. And he knows this. Jesus, in his last 24 hours, chooses to have a meal with his disciples, washing their feet. He's going to die for the sins of the world. And what the disciples decide to get caught up in, in is which of them is the greatest. This is what they're thinking about. I understand that you're about to bear the weight of humanity's sin in your own trial and death. Uh, but what's important here is, among us twelve, you know, I know one, one is going to betray you, right? Like, here's how, here's how I'd be thinking. I know one is going to be betray you, is going to betray you, so I know I'm at least better than that one, right? So, I know on a scale of one to twelve, I'm at least eleven, right? And so, they're thinking, could I be four? You know, I, Maybe I'm not among the three, because they didn't take me into the, but I bet I'm better than this guy over here, like, they don't even talk about him in any of the Gospels. So I got to be higher than him, right? Like, like there's nothing he said that's recorded. I got to be higher than him, right? And so they're having this little debate in the corner about which of them is the greatest. And again, if it were me and that reset button was nearby, like I'm reaching for it right there. I'm like, time out, God. Like enough, enough, Father. Let's, let's, like, like, you know, like when an actor is in the middle of a scene with an amateur actor and they just just and they're like, okay, I'm done. You know, I'm done. Like, I'm 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 done. They go to their trailer, and they're like, they tell the director, "You fix all this, and let me know when there's people worthy of my greatness on the scene." Right? Like, Jesus could have been like, "I tell you what, no. Like, I'm not wasting my talent on these people." Right? Uh, and, 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 and But here's what Jesus says to him, verse 28. This is so they're arguing about who's the greatest. Jesus says to him, "You are those." who have stood by me in my trials. He hadn't had his trial yet. He's had some difficulties, but nothing like he's about to watch. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, watch this. I don't know if you've ever read this before. Just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in the kingdom you'll sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus is literally saying, if you spend time with me, when you're at the table with me, I know you think you're just eating some food. You think we're just having a good time talking. But this fellowship right here makes you one of my friends. And my friends run all everything you see. You see, in my kingdom, my friends... I'm all about promoting my friends. And one day, you know the great people that you think, just think of anybody great. Just think, think, think throughout history who's been amazing? Alexander the Great, George Washington. I mean, who has been amazing throughout history? Uh, if you're close to me, you'll be even judging them. You'll be even like they won't even compare to your righteousness. This is Jesus the miracle worker. This is, this, this, this is the Jesus. This is the Jesus who promotes you instantly into a place of honor from dishonor. This is, this is the Jesus that when you sit down at the table with him, you could be a harlot in your earlier life. You could have been a wicked tax collector your whole life. You could have been an ignorant fisherman. You could have been a Pharisee. If you sit down at the table and you share a meal with him, you're going somewhere. Your life is going to supernaturally be transformed into something to be admired. That's the miracle work of Jesus. And so here he was. He was Jesus, the man is sitting there at the same point. He's prophesying. Oh yeah, you remember, you remember, remember Judah? Member? Member? Remember, 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 remember the, the, the tribes? Remember the guys who started? Remember how whole people groups are named after these people? You're gonna be so great you'll even get to judge them. What? Yeah, I'm Jesus the miracle worker. And that's who we sit at the communion table with. And, 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 and thirdly, and they didn't even know it yet. Jesus, the church, is there in the midst. Wait, wait, what? Jesus? The church? Yeah, yeah. The church is 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 this spiritual way that we're all joined together. Uh, Jesus. The body of Christ, the church, Jesus, the church, uh, was sitting there at the table, literally. Look at this in verse 37. For I tell you that this, I love this, (laughs) that this, for I tell you that this which was written must be fulfilled in me, and he was numbered with transgressors. For that which is refers to me has fulfillment. Okay, now, you can look at that as just saying, oh, he's just pointing out that he fulfilled a prophecy. Or you can say, uh, he's actually talking about me there. He was numbered with the transgressives. The people who don't deserve the Messiah to have a meal with them. The people who don't actually live a pure enough life to sit down at the Messiah's table. The people who are disqualified because of their earlier sin and should never be people who are trusted with the word of God, because they sit as his table, he's like, no, I want you to see this. It doesn't say, the accusation wasn't that they were numbered with him. This is what Jesus decided to quote. My identity is connected to you. Not, 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 they were numbered with me. I'm numbered with you. This is Christ being numbered with his church. The people he's connected to, the people that receive life from him. This is the body that was being represented around the table. Even Judas, the one who was going to betray him, he served them all. This is the man Jesus. This is the miracle worker god jesus but also this is this is jesus the church his body in all of its flaws with all of its blemishes with all of its issues with the churches that are getting it right and the churches that are getting it wrong and the majority of the rest of us somewhere in between right uh, just doing what we know how to do hoping what we're doing is right but just loving hurting people enough to bring them to the table so there's more that Jesus can be counted with. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. This, this, this is our Jesus. This is, this is who we celebrate today on Good Friday. And of course, our Savior was beaten. And he was, he was insulted publicly. And He was mocked. And He was ridiculed. And they accused Him of sins that He... Let me take that back. What they accused Him of was, was, was true. Uh, it just wasn't what they said it was. He actually did refer to himself as God because he is. They didn't understand that he was their God as well, right? Like that, that there, therein lies the difference. And so what we see from Jesus, the church, we always have accusations against God, not because we're wrong, but because we don't understand what's Right? God, why didn't you do this for me? Why didn't you come through on this for me? Why didn't you? And and, and, and I could just imagine one day we're gonna be in heaven and we're gonna look at ourselves and and it's gonna sound, I think, <clears throat> I think it's gonna sound like this. This is me. Uh and if you've ever, if you've never been angry with God, you're just gonna to have to forgive me. Uh, you're gonna to have to have mercy on me for being a weaker Christian than you. But I think um, I think when when we get to heaven and we listen to To ourselves, complaining to God, it's going to sound a lot like this. Like, anybody have small children? Have you ever had a child melt down because they wouldn't let you wouldn't let them run into the street? Like, no, you can't eat the dishwashing soap. Like, you know, like, no, like, and they're having a meltdown. I think it's going to look a lot like that. What do you mean I can't eat a fistful of poison? You know, and it's going to sound like, why didn't you bring me that job? Why didn't you bring me that person? Why didn't this thing work out? And when we're in heaven, we're going to be like, we're going to see the picture clearly. And it's like we're going to be standing there saying, why can't I play with all the razor blades? Why, 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 why can't I poison my entire future family line? Why won't you let me, God? But here's Jesus. Jesus, head of the church. With his body as he's hosting them around the table, saying, man, I, I, really, I really got you. Like this, It looks like things are about to get ugly. And you're going to think that you've been abandoned by me. But I promise you, I got you. <laughs> I, I, I got you. I really got you. I think about how dark that Saturday must have been. And I've been in some dark moments With Jesus, uh, where Jesus seemingly left. Uh, Maybe he didn't leave. Maybe I left. I don't know who left, but I knew we weren't. It sure didn't feel like we were connected, though. Ever been there? Sure didn't feel like didn't feel like we were on the same team. Um, I can imagine them on Saturday. Just like what, what just happened? What just happened? Mike, can you come play a little bit for us? Uh, Duke's going to serve us some communion here in a moment, but like what? What just happened? And here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. I, I, I don't want to go too deep into this um, because I could go on for about an hour and a half. I don't want to. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. I don't know if I told uh, him to put this up or not, but Jesus dying on the cross. His last thoughts. Only oh, let me take care of that guy who killed me. Let let me make sure, because whether I like it or not, we're connected now. Whether I like it or not, we're connected now. And as far as it's within my power, I don't want my destiny to hurt him. And so he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I tell you, even people with bad intentions connected to Jesus get blessed. I don't don't know if you've ever heard Jesus forgive you before. Um, If you're saved, you've experienced it, right? Or at least you were somehow aware of it. But imagine hearing the Lord Jesus. Imagine being close enough for His physical blood to land on you. I, you know, not 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 to get too melodramatic here, but and not to get gross, but understanding spiritually what getting the blood of Jesus on you does, I can only guess what getting the actual literal, the man Jesus' blood on you would do. I I wouldn't shower ever again, right? Like, I might get it tattooed after it wears away to show people. Like, I don't know about all me, but right here is washed clean. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this spot is washed clean. But this man got to hear the Lord Jesus declare forgiveness over him. I'd settle for the Pope, and I'm not even Catholic. Right? Like, I, I wouldn't mind... <laughs> and I'm going to end with this before we before we receive the Lord's table together. A lot of people in ministry in this room a lot of people in leadership counseling people I want to remind you as leaders you have been invited to sit at the table and eat and drink with the Lord Jesus in heaven in heaven we will fellowship with the man Jesus he's there physically right now He's there spiritually, but we the body are here right now. If you consider yourself in any way, shape, or form a father or a mother in the body of Christ, and if you've been saved longer than anybody who's saved, that's where you're at on some level. These powerful words that you could speak over people when they tell you what they did wrong, and you ask them, have you repented? Have you asked the Father to forgive you? Now I declare that your sins are forgiven. In the Gospel of John, is the first thing he spoke after he breathed on Him. Receive the Spirit, whatever sins you declare forgiven are forgiven. And whatever sins you forgive The man Jesus, through the supernatural, miracle-working Jesus, told us, the body of Jesus, I need you to forgive sins. It's a big deal. And so, Duke, you can come on up, but I want to do something really quick. As, as Duke prepares to lead us in the table of the Lord, how about we deal with our sin issues right now? Um, actually, I, I didn't plan for this. No, come on up, you're good. Uh, Mike, I thought you were going to be out of town. Uh, I, I'm not a bright man, uh, and so I don't always know what's going on. Uh, and so I thought you weren't coming back until after um, your upcoming event. Um, and I, I feel this by the Spirit, and if you don't, that's, you can well do it anyways. Just fake it, and we'll talk about it later. Um, I'd like you, I'd, I'd, I'd like, um, stand right there for a second. Dude. I'd like us all to deal with our sin. And then I'd ask you, Mike, to come on up and I'd like you to declare the forgiveness of sins. And so let me just help us out here for a second. Um, don't go dredging stuff up. like That's, that's not, it's not as helpful. Um, but there's generally a pattern to these things and he wants to deal with things that helps deal with other things. And so um, I would encourage everybody in the room right now to have an attitude of, I'd like to get right with God. Uh, everybody um, everybody online right now, if you're doing something else, stop doing something else. This is really important. Get somewhere quiet. The kids are going crazy. I get it. Lock yourself in the bathroom. Somebody tells you you got to finish, just say, I have diarrhea, right? Like, And then you can ask for forgiveness. We're about to repent of sins, right? Nobody's going to bother you when you have diarrhea. To cut that part out of the video, Mike. But here's what we're going to do Um, we're going to spend a good 30, 45 seconds just asking the Lord. um, Let's just start off just thanking Him for inviting us to the table. Here we are having. Here we are and he's invited us to have this Passover meal with him. And I'm just, thank you, Jesus. You said we would share this meal together in your kingdom. And here we are in your kingdom, saved. Breaking bread and drinking the cup. And here you are at the head. Now with that, that attitude of joy with that attitude of thankfulness, not misery, not, oh, wretched man that I am, but with this, I'm so glad you're here so my sin can get taken care of. I'm so glad that there it, that, that, that you've made a way that I don't have to live with this forever. That I don't have to carry the weight of this sin forever. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I don't have to live in the bondage of this sin. I don't have to live in the shame of this sin. I I, I don't have to live with... Whatever, however I think this makes me, how this changes my identity, you get to come in and take it all away. Thank you, Jesus. But I tell you, Lord, to be honest, this is me, Carl, talking to you. I don't want to live like this. I want to be free. I want to embody your love. I want to ride donkeys when I keep trying to get on a horse. I want to come as a man of peace, even though I keep coming as a man of war. I want to come with as a man of grace when I naturally want to point out the person betraying. I want your supernatural. Now, you know, if, 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 if you insulted your, your kids or, you know, you flipped off a driver and that's stuck in your head, yeah, deal with that. Absolutely deal with that. But well, Father, we just ask you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we declare the blood of the Lord Jesus, the man Jesus who spilled his blood for us. And we ask that you would wash us clean you would restore us and we ask Lord that you would forgive us
0: more than anything else the apostle that loved you said if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness Lord every part Lord everything that we've ever done set free now Lord, we're sorry. I'm sorry, Jesus. (laughs) I'm sorry. God, thank you. Thank you, your blood covers us, Lord. Thank you. This is what you've ordained from the beginning because we're your friends, Lord. That we could say, I'm sorry. And that you cleanse us, each and every one of us, because you love us. This was your main purpose, so we can have communion with you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Right now, Lord, we proclaim it. We repent in the kingdom. We repent, Lord. We're sorry. We give it up, Lord, right now. We give it up, Lord, all our sins. Cleanse us. Strengthen us. New strength in our bodies, Lord, right now. New strength in our bodies, Lord, for your glory. It's all You've done it all anyway. So, Lord, we, we take it all, and we're sorry, Lord. We declare cleanliness, Lord. Right now, everything washed. Washed clean because of the blood, Lord. Washed clean, and we thank you for that, Jesus. Washed clean. Right now, I declare sins forgiven, Lord. You... S- I declare sins forgiven right now. Forgiven. We are forgiven because of the blood, because of what you did, because of the cross. Sins forgiven right now. Right now, Jesus. Freedoms, new freedoms, because of your forgiveness, your goodness. Set them free, Jesus. Amen.
1: Hallelujah. So, um, if you guys would stand as we, we uh, partake of the Lord's Supper. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. Uh, and if you still need your... Um, you can get it on the back, your your elements. And um, we're not in a rush to take the Lord's yes, Supper. Amen. We we acknowledge the body. We're not in a rush. We all do it together. Amen. Um, Hallelujah! Mm-hmm. So... It says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given things, he broke it and said, this is my body, which for you do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So right now. Ha, I uh, just do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Yes. So, Father, we, we, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for the bread first. We thank you that your, your the bread symbolizes your body broken on the cross, that your body was broken. It was, it was bruised. It was, it was bruised. It was broken. That we would be made whole. That we would be made whole. That we would be made whole. And Father, right now, we, as we um, acknowledge the body, we acknowledge our brothers and sisters in this room, we acknowledge the body in this nation, in the body in the world, we acknowledge. And as we do this, uh, commensuring what you did, we are in one table, fellowshipping with you. And we thank you, Lord God, as we as we take of this body right now, uh, anything that is not whole in us, you are broken to make it whole right now. So you can receive of the bread and receive your wholeness if you are any place that is not whole. Ha ha. (laughs) And Father, we thank you for this, this cup that represents your blood. We thank you for reinforcing that the the blood of Jesus, it is precious. (laughs) It was very expensive. It was very costly. And we acknowledge the blood. We acknowledge the work of the blood. We thank you that the blood washes away all of our sins. The stain of sin, the memory of sin, the shame. You wash it away right now in the blood of Jesus. So Father, we just thank you. We we receive the blood and we receive our washing right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus.
2: I put that on to come up here. That was a little weird. If you are um, joining us online and you have a, a physical prayer need in your body, or if you're in this room, we're going to leave here in one minute, but if you have a physical prayer need in your body, wow. Come, come back up, Duke. We're, we're going to pray real quick. Me and I.
1: Yeah.
2: It, um, if, you have a, if you have a physical prayer need, you have a spiritual prayer need, uh, if you have an intercessory need, we're going to trust that God knows what that is. Um, and what I'd like you to do in the chat, just put a little, I don't know, I don't even know how to do the wave icon. I was going to tell you to put just raise a hand in the chat, but you just put me, whatever. We're just going to pray over all those. And if you're in the room right now, and wow, I feel the Lord is close, Duke. I feel him very close. If you're in the room right now, we're, um, you know, I think I think we'll have a couple people here at the end. If you want someone to lay hands on you, but I just want to pray corporately right now. Um, and this is going to sound overly broad, but I don't particularly care. Uh, if you need a physical healing in your body, uh, like the man Jesus. Um, if you need a, 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 a spiritual healing, uh, as Jesus the Savior, as Jesus the miracle worker, or if you have a relational need, we're talking spirit, soul, or body here. If you've got, if you got. You need a deliverance in your life. You need a. You need God to make a way where there is no way, so to speak. I see your hand online here. Um, If that's you, just give me a wave to know where. You know, I just want you to move. Okay, Amen, 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 Amen. I'm waving my own hand. Amen, Amen, Amen. I see. I see you else. Yes, I see. I see it on the chat. And um, historically, the church would pray, "Lord Jesus, Son of God, have have mercy." Lord Jesus son of God have mercy on these who need mercy. Who need great wow, who need grace. Lord Jesus son of God have mercy. Christ have mercy. And we release to you the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ in every area of your life. Wow, we love you Jesus. We love you Jesus. Yep, I see the hands. Amen, amen. We declare healing over your body, your soul, your spirit. Um, and, and and I'm going to end with this. We love you all. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for joining us in person. If you need um, if you need healing, in uh, your online, put a little or you know you need personal put a little something in there, and I think someone will contact you. I don't know how this happens. Uh, that's why I'm not in charge of these things. Um, but I know there's people on the chat right now who know how to pray. Um, if you're here in person and you want some of the hands on you. Uh, we'd love to lay hands on you. Real quick housekeeping thing: if you're able to move anything over five pounds, can you help them tear down outside? Excellent. I thank you for that. Um, we need some help with the signs. We need some help with the greeting area. We need some help with. Oh, wait a minute, Isaac's crafting. Maybe he wants some help with signs. Who knows? One clap, so we all clap. Come on. He knows what he's doing. I had an amazing time with you tonight. If you need prayer, Duke here is going to give you some instruction. We love you. You don't have to rush outside because I'm pretty sure we're underneath the safety limit in the room. Uh, So um, let's just try to be safe. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you online. We love you all. Bring somebody Easter. We're going to have a great time.
1: Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Just one more time to give it up for Jesus. What a message. So as pastor is directed, if you you, uh, need any prayer needs, please come to the front and uh, someone will pray for you. Um, But um, just, you know, Feel free to fellowship in here or you know fellowship outside. But uh, uh, if please, um, if you need prayer, please come to the front. Yeah. and Someone will pray for you. Um, God is good. He's here. He's moving Amen. in this place. Amen. Amen. So um, we just we just welcome you to come. The floor is open. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs>